True story. Is that what they call you? Call me Dr. Love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's not go there. I want names, George. (laughs) It is all about the medical horror, as as I change the subject very quickly. (laughs) Uh, Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from madwolf.com. Yeah, going to get medical on your ass. Uh, (laughs) Your asses this week with the medical horror. This should be interesting, but uh, of course, we're always looking ahead. Uh, looking to the uh, fun coming up, and that includes the Satan movies double dip of Satan movies next week. It's going to be our it's going to be our Fright Club podcast and our Fright Club Live. That's right, because we always like to match those up in our next live event, which is uh, Wednesday the ninth at Gateway Film Center, six thirty happy hour, eight o'clock. We are going to unspool Shaitan. It's going to be the first time this is ever actually shown in Columbus, which is very exciting. Yeah, this is very exciting, and I know a lot of people are geeked. Uh, to see this. Because it's kind of hard to get a hold of, to tell you the truth. It's hard to get. And um, I love it, love it, love it. We're both big fans of French horror anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is a, a, it's not just sort of extreme in the way a lot of French horror is. It's weird. It's super weird. And Vincent Cassell is awesome. Well, you have, and plus, you've been quoted many times as saying it is batshit crazy. That's true. So I have said that and I will stick by you it. You can't say that without, because, no. you know, if it's not, we're going to call shenanigans. Okay. And uh, and so everybody's everybody's geeked about that. So yeah, it should be good. Shaitan, the First Columbus screening, uh, and that's going to be uh, Wednesday the 9th again. Yeah, Gateway uh, Film Center in Columbus. Always a good time. Get there early if you can. You know, if you can't, understood. You know, we had a lot of people come in, you know, right at showtime last uh, Fright Club Live, and that's totally fine. Sure. You know, because, you know. But if you get there at 6.30, you can have some drinks with us, and George brings prizes. Prizes. Lots of fun there. Drinks, food, whatever you need. It's always a good time, and it's a it's also serves as a Do you meet. like Twizzlers? That's all I want to know. Do you like Twizzlers? <laughs> hey, I also had concert tickets That's last right. time. But you the do. Twizzlers you, yeah. the Twizzlers prize packs have gone over surprisingly <laughs> well. I'm looking at you, Derek. Um, <laughs> no, they do. Uh, and plus, uh, you know what else goes over well? The Fright Club t shirts. Yeah. So we'll have more of those mm-hmm. and it's just a darn a darn good time. Darn good. Uh, so, so, so please uh, show up if you can. And it's also a, um, it serves as a meetup, the latest meetup for the Columbus Horror Group, the growing Columbus Horror Group. Uh, so uh, that, that's always fun, too. So we get new friends, new horror fans every time, and we love that. Uh, get, to, uh, get to mingle and network with your, <laughs> with, with your horror. You, for your... One of us is really bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. You came in, as I recall, after a couple of pops, you came in before the screening and just looked up at the crowd and said, Hello, friends! <laughs> was it pop? I don't think it was yeah, pop. That's why I'm well. <laughs> so I thought, when I heard you say that, I'm like, Oh, she's oiled up. <laughs> so anyway, what we're saying is it's fun. Uh, so please. So yeah, so that's next week, the Satan movies. Uh, and we're looking ahead one more week after that because we've already had some good uh, ideas, good submissions for our question about your favorite horror sequels. That's right. We're, uh, and you know what? I think right now it seems like the best way for us to collect your candidates is on Twitter. And if you just want to use the hashtag best horror sequels, that would be cool. And yeah, we just, you know, um, we just want to know. We thought this is a show we haven't done yet. And usually I just kind of, you know, do my own whatever research, if that's what you want to call it. And then we just thought, you know what? There's a billion horror sequels. Let's see what other people like. Yeah, we've got some, some great uh, ideas already, including one today that almost caused me some public embarrassment. I'll just go ahead and tell that story. Uh, our friend Mike, uh, the uh, in-stadium in announcer for our Columbus Blue Jackets here in town, and a, a guy that I've worked with in radio for years. Anyway, he uh, tweeted at us, his idea for best horror sequel was the original Dawn of the Dead. 
So right away, I'm getting all smart-alecky, and I'm just about ready to tweet back, how can an original be a sequel, Mike? You know, wag of the finger. But then I caught myself, I realized, oh! Because there's a remake of it! It's been made twice! And the original is a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, of course. So, so right. it was both, an original well, and a sequel. Well, that's the thing. You say, of course, but I, I, I was you know, <laughs> tripped up there for a second, but then I caught myself. So let's just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So keep, but, the, you know, keep one those of the, coming. One of the, the movies that might make that, you never know, that didn't make today's. So there's a movie, a sequel that might, you never know, might make our sequel list. We yeah. both love it. Didn't make today's medical horror because... Although I love this movie, you love this movie. Uh, I'd call it more supernatural, to tell you the truth, than medical. But uh, we just want to we just want to give it some props. On it. we love The Exorcist Part Three. Yeah, you know, and uh, the spookiest scenes. Well, the, there are two the two two scenes that honestly scare the shit out of me, and that doesn't happen very often. One is in the in the hospital down the corridor. Right, where, walking with the yeah, arms out. Yeah, yeah, this woman, this nurse, she's just walking down a darkened hall away from you, and then all of a sudden, for about a half a second, you see oh, this yeah. giant mummified. Oh, oh my God, so Love scary! It. Love it. And then the confessional. Yeah, the confessional. Yeah. That's the one that gets yeah. me. Yeah, so that's, yeah twelve that's, years of Catholic school. That confessional <laughs> scene. Oh my God, kills me. So that's a good idea. Yeah, that one. That one could definitely make it, but not really a medical horror. No, no. definitely not more, really. more supernatural and, and and satanic kind of thing going on there. But uh, we do have some good ones. For medical horror, uh, our top five, and also some that you know that bubbled under each each movie that kind of that we usually do, kind of the, that sets uh, uh, with a similar theme. So let's uh, jump in and kind of, uh, number five on our list. It's a good one. We've talked about it before, and it's from 2012, and it's American Mary. Want to be a doctor? Surgeon. I'm changing specialties, Doctor Grant. Have you ever heard of? Body modification? Do you think I'm crazy? And that's one by Hope's Buddies, the uh, Soska sisters. That's right. Twin sisters who make horror movies. I love that. Um... (laughs) And uh, Catherine Isabel, who's a favorite of ours because of, of course, Ginger Snaps, and she stars as as Mary in this movie, and she's a med student who falls on uh, financial hard times and gets uh, some interesting job opportunities because of her skill set, and then the next thing you know, carnage, carnage, carnage. Yeah. So, um, and it's you know, and it's it's it's. It's definitely a horror movie. I mean, there's no there's no way around it, basically, and uh, and and uh, it gets super uncomfortable definitely but for me it's 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 more like sort of a a film noir kind of turned inside out mm-hmm. where instead of you know there's the raven-haired dame who's never up to any good who's like the outsider she's your point of view character in this one which to me just makes the whole thing that much more fascinating yeah and it's also yeah not only uncomfortable but when it gets into some of the uh medical procedures a little squirmy where you kind of look are you looking are we looking oh, it's one of those types of deals in a lot of ways and they uh, it's a, the Saskas are Canadian and um, uh, so is David Cronenberg who we'll talk about later on this list and it was one of my all time favorites and it's really clear that, that they pay some tribute to Cronenberg in this movie and one of the things that's interesting is that it kind of subverts the same general ideas of of dead ringers and it, it, mm. and and they they're they're open about it because there's a very famous scene a uh, surgery scene and they're all in red like they're they're red robed yeah. surgeons yeah and and so you know she the Saskas point out that that's what they're doing here but it's kind of fascinating and and very well done yeah and there's certainly nothing wrong with that no uh, as you say when it's done the right way they're given 
homage mm-hmm. and given credit where credit is due. So yeah, but it it has some. Yeah, that's. I think that's a good word for you to bring up noir. Yeah, some noir themes to it. Yeah, but but not kind of in the undercurrent. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And uh, one of the ones you have uh, marked here to uh, that kind of goes with these themes it's, uh, is the idea of sutures going where they don't belong. <laughs> kind of where how how I fit this one okay. in here. Okay, <laughs> okay, because originally I wondered you were going to talk about human centipede, the original human centipede, which from, didn't make the list. So no. don't get me wrong; it's not one of the five best medical no. horror movies ever made, and certainly neither is part two or part three. Yeah, I don't know where everybody. Everybody's thoughts about Human Centipede. I, you know, the first one, okay, but I really don't have a whole lot of a use for it. I mean, the guy is certainly creepy, Dieter. Yeah. Um, but uh, the first one, I guess it has its moments. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I certainly wouldn't put it anywhere anywhere on this list. No, I enjoyed it more than you did, certainly. And it's and it's. I am such a sucker for a good villain. And yeah. And, oh yeah, I mean, he's great. He is. Dieter Laser. How perfect is that name? <laughs> that is yeah, he was name. great. And, and, uh, and, you know, they certainly, uh, I'd have been fine if they stopped with just one, but um, I, I enjoyed the first one. So uh, I just wanted to, you know, give it a mention. Yeah, I understood. Uh, but number five uh, on our list, American Mary. And that leads right into, I know, one of your favorites uh, <laughs> from 1985, Stuart Gordon's Reanimator. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. Herbert, you're insane! Now what happened? I had to kill him! He's dead? Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. It will scare you to pieces. Not just my favorite. This is one of everybody's favorites. Yeah, and also one of the uh, one of the classics from Scream Queen Barbara Crampton. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Who doesn't love her? <laughs> Everybody loves her, and she's had really a resurgence in the last couple she of years. Has. I've seen yeah. her in two or three uh, fun indie horror movies in the last few years. So good for yeah, her. She she's was awesome. in the one about the house. What was that called? About we are the still house? here. We are still here. And yeah. um, she just she was just in one that I saw that's uh, playing Fright Fest. So it'll probably be released, uh, you know, globally sometime soon. Called Road Games, which okay. was creepy, and she was great in that. So yeah. well, this is definitely one of her classics, and a, and a classic. Um, all the way down the line, uh, of course, the uh, the brilliant but a little weird doctor uh, finds out <laughs> Herbert West. Look out! <laughs> finds a way to uh, reanimate the dead, and it ends up with uh, you know the uh, disembodied head, and then there's head head, and there's you know all sorts of nice. stuff going on, and and there's definitely some dark bloody humor involved oh, here. Oh, it's it, yeah, it's very it's very funny in a in a in a macabre way and and there's a lot it's a it's a low budget, you know, affair uh, and there's a lot of very flat acting happening here, but <laughs> the, the you know, the handful of performances that are great really you you don't even it makes it all worthwhile and and um among the best there, I mean obviously actually Barbara Crampton because she has talent, but um Jeffrey Combs who plays Herbert West, it just it's like he's just he's just found the perfect exact sort of you know steps to take where he's 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 got that glare and that pout and great comic timing but he's still sort of menacing and he doesn't turn it into like a caricature but he's he's great he's great 
Yeah, he's great, and he gets some some funny uh, lines. The script is funny, and it certainly adds that that weirdo weirdo kind of humor to it. And and one that you have uh, listed underneath here that I haven't seen uh, from two thousand called Anatomy. What's going on there? It is this is actually a German film, and if you if you pop over to screenrelish.com at any point, I have the uh, Saturday Screamer this week. Actually, every Saturday they do like uh, if it's you're sitting around on Saturday, here's a horror movie to watch, which is a lot of fun, and I get to write them about I don't know every few weeks, and so Anatomy is the one that I put on there this week and it's um it's a german film with franca potent and it's actually directed by a guy named steven rosowitzki who uh also directed the oscar nominated film the counterfeiters he's oh really yeah and and wow i know in in the year 2000 anatomy was the highest grossing film in germany it, it's huge there, and it, wow. I, it, it, basically no one else has ever seen it. And it's, you know, like, remember those Body Works exhibits where, like, yeah. you know, well, this is basically what it is. Like, these med students are bad people, and they're turning other people into those Body Works exhibits. Oh. It's, it's kind of fascinating. It's better than I'm making it sound. It's actually, um, <laughs> no, that's it's actually... a bit of a slasher, honestly. It's, and at its heart, it's a slasher, but the, the performances are great, and, and it does this weird, you know, it's got this really weird sort of corporeal horror about it that I just love. That, that's interesting. You bring up that bodywork exhibit. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it's these. It, it's it's a traveling exhibit that's gone around to a lot of the science centers. It came to the right, one yeah. here in town, and it it was able to give you a look at the human body, like with the skin yeah. off, um, all the muscles yeah. and how they contract. And they're it. actually human bodies. Yeah, yeah. And and when you look at it, it 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 really looks like something out of a, a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, and this, they first started going around, I don't know, five, six years ago or so, uh, I have no idea. but that's interesting because that's a good, that could be a good premise, uh, for a movie. So that's anatomy from 2000. Interesting. Haven't seen that. Uh, moving up to number three, a classic, uh, we just talked about David Cronenberg and this is the one that the, uh, Saskias were, uh, homaging dead ringers from 1988. By every scientific measure, they are absolutely the same. They share everything. You haven't had any experience until I've had it too. Doctor, you've cured me. You mean to say there's two of them? They're twins, dear. For working on mutant women. Radical technology was required. Something radical is definitely required. Dead ringers. Separation can be a, a terrifying thing. Yeah, it's Jeremy Irons. The evil twins. That's right. And Genevieve Bujold. What happened to her? I don't know. Wow. I don't. She doesn't fare well in this movie. <laughs> no, um. <laughs> she does not fare well. And uh, it's it's interesting with the one twin, you know, the twin and and the evil twin, where one has more nefarious um, motives than the other. Yeah, you know, um, um, in this one, it kind of goes back and forth. You think you know who the baddie is at first, but then it's the nice guy who kind of deteriorates and and winds up. You know, with that tray of handmade medical equipment oh, and the yeah, older the lady in the stirrups. They, yeah, and then there's oh that Oh, my hook. God. Call me a girl, but that is the most uncomfortable scene I have ever seen <laughs> in a movie. Call me a girl. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll call you a girl if you call me Dr. Love. <laughs> and we'll turn the microphones off. And Anyway. Um, yeah, there are some implements. Yeah, some there implements are. in there. But more than anything, I mean, Jeremy Irons is just—he's just masterful, and and he creates two completely separate but beautiful, believable characters. And like most um, twin horror, it's just uh, most movies with twins. And actually, the whole film is about separation anxiety. And and oh my god, he's so wonderful. He's so wonderful in everything. But also, not just separation anxiety, but there, it, there's many films, at least a few of Cronenberg's film. 
films with body image, body horror, body... All of them. Yes. All of them. I yes. mean, honestly, we could put almost any any Cronenberg yes. film on this list. And that that theme is, is in this movie as well. Oh, in a huge way. But so, and also The Fly, The Brood, Shivers, Rabid, basically all of his movies <laughs> could have made this list. I love David Cronenberg. And you know what else could have made the list? Well, his son... Brandon Cronenberg made a movie a few years ago called Antiviral, yeah, that which is was a very Cronenberg film. Very. Um, that was interesting. It was. It really was. And if you wouldn't have known who did it, or the, or the director had the last name of Cronenberg, you would have said, oh, this has Cronenberg written you, all over yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, David Cronenberg, the elder, has, um, has that type of body image running through so many of his movies. Even even you could you could see it in um, Maps to the Stars yes. here just just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Which if you haven't seen it, not a horror movie, not a horror movie at all. But if you if you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. Yeah, the, I mean, all the preoccupations that he had when he made horror films, he brings to his mainstream movies. I remember um, Eastern Promises, which for me is probably the best movie he's ever made. In the very opening, there's a very very pregnant woman, and she she stumbles barefoot into this convenience store, and then there's just blood everywhere and i'm like oh yeah that's a cronenberg movie right there well then there's that whole fight where vigo mortensen yeah. is buck naked well there's less blood in that i mean it didn't but see- it's very <laughs> you know call me a guy but you're going oh yeah where's the knife <laughs> yeah where is that knife <laughs> Whoo! but uh yeah dead ringers uh, is one that i don't know is it, is it fair to call it a cult movie it seems to me when you talk to people a lot of times it has that kind of a cult following. I think, I think. you're probably right. And it's funny because Cronenberg uh, himself has said that he doesn't consider it a horror movie. But the fact, again, that it is uh, a couple of gynecologists who are on the uh, downward spiral to insanity, I'm, I'm going to beg to differ. It's definitely a horror movie. <laughs> she begs to differ. Um, yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, a horror movie and number three on our list of medical horror. And uh, boy, another one that uh, is, is number two. And this is one, I remember this is one I think I saw this first a good bit of time before you did, mm-hmm. and I kept wanting to talk to you about it, and then oh, I can't, because I can't even risk of spoiling the, well, let's just say spoiling it for you, and that is from uh, 2011. It's The Skin I Live In. Yeah, that's one of the theme songs. Uh, it's a foreign film. Pedro Almodovar. Right? Almodovar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and he oh. usually just goes by that Almodovar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, always a favorite. He's always done, he's done he's, yeah, great work. All great things. And that, that's, I think, one of the things when, when a really great act, or excuse me, when a really great director makes a, a horror movie or a genre movie, it's exciting for those of us who like the genre. Yeah. And this one is very, it's got a lot of different themes going on. And, and I almost want to say noir. There's some noir to it. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's so interesting and so atmospheric. And so stylish, it creates a mood from the get-go. Antonio Banderas, who's who's very good, he's so good. He is so good in the movie. He is a a brilliant uh, doctor mm-hmm. uh, who uh, has a uh, a tragedy befall his his daughter, and uh, he decides to take some some revenge on. Uh, or just some measures. He so, takes some measures. Some measures. I think who it, he thinks is responsible, uh, and it it really just becomes fascinating. It really does. And I don't want to say any more than that about the plot exactly. in case you haven't seen it. But uh, but please do. And it's uh, it inv- but since it's on this list of medical horror, you know it involves some 
some procedures, some operations, but there's a lot more going on. Oh my, yeah. The, the thing is about this film is that you just you just want to pay attention to every single thing. There's nothing in any scene that isn't there intentionally. I mean, yes. it's it's such a beautifully crafted movie, and and it, it it touches on really the same themes that you'll find in almost all of Almodovar's films. But it, it's 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 so surprising. The, the there like there are reveals in almost every scene, which is why we're not going to get into the plot at all. You really need to see it. Although he clearly um, he clearly took some inspiration from the 1960 film Eyes Without a Face. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, another great medical horror. Mm-hmm. Another another beautiful, atmospheric, creepy, creepy movie. And that was on... That was on one of our lists. Our best of the 60s. Best of the 60s, that was, yes, Yeah, I was on yes. that one. And, and for, for good reason. I'm sorry, go ahead. I just... And the other movie that... And I'm sure that this didn't feed into what Elmodover was doing, but the other movie that it reminded me of to a certain degree was The Woman. Um, not thematically at all, but there's just sort of a similar element happening there um, okay. of control and yeah. sexual gender identity and mm-hmm. just, you know, it's... it's um, But... You know, the thing that's about it, it's weird, this movie, The Skin I Live In, is a lot of weird stuff happens. Yeah. you got to spend a lot of time going, what the hell is happening right now? But it, it all works out. It makes perfect sense. And it's just beautiful. It is. It is beautiful. And there's definitely a s- sexual and gender identity uh, themes going on. And and even if you you figure out what's going on before the end, even if you do, I thought the ending was just perfect it was it was it was beautiful again the, the, it was just beautiful. yeah so so well done with i don't believe there was really any dialogue in the scene in the final scene and i just loved it It was yeah. a perfect way to to cap off that movie so that is one for sure and i know uh i've seen it discussed here here a lot in, in recent uh some of our uh internet our chats and everything with horror movies uh so i know a lot of people have seen it but uh if you haven't please check it out the skin i live in from 2011, and that uh, and that's number two. And Eyes Without a Face, for sure, yeah. uh, if you haven't, haven't seen that one. Uh, and that leads us up to uh, number one, and uh, probably you could guess, because uh, it's going to be number one on a lot of classic lists, all the way back to 1931, the, uh, the original James Whale's Frankenstein. When this dead hand moves, the monster created by a man they called Mad is turned loose to strike terror into the hearts of men. This is the story you've heard about. The spine-tingling, blood-chilling story that stuns your emotions. Frankenstein. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Yeah, that one, that's that's the granddaddy of them all, right? It that is. set the stage for, for Honestly, so many yeah, others. Basically almost everything. Almost any medical horror film has, has its its root in Frankenstein. And by the way, uh, Bride of Frankenstein getting a lot of love in our best horror sequels, oh by God, the way. Yes. Well, and understandably oh so. Oh my God, yes. So. Yeah, I mean, it could be on this as well. I mean, there's not, you know, the Frankenstein obviously is the one you talk about as was Bride of Frankenstein, but both of them are just masterpieces yeah. of cinema. Yeah, and uh, if you know anything about James Whale... There, there's definitely some social underlying themes in the story of the monster and yeah. being an outcast and, oh, and, and things like that. Well, this for me, actually, one of the reasons that, that the James Whale version for me is considerably better than any of the other thousands of other versions that were ever made is that James Whale's preoccupation was the monster. 
everybody else is interested in in the doctor, which who cares? One more doctor with a God complex. Who cares? But (laughs) James Whale really devotes most of your empathy and sympathy and and interest in the monster. And and then, of course, found the perfect actor, not to mention makeup artist. So what they created was such an icon and and. Of just this man child, right? Of just, you know, all of the sort of the passion and, and shame and excitement and exuberation of a, of a child with the strength of a monster. It was just beautifully put together and, and perfectly executed. Yeah. And really, you have to go back to the original, you know, to Mary Shelley's yeah. Uh, yeah. The novel mm-hmm. and everything that's um, contained within. But uh, yeah, this version, it always, it almost makes you wonder why. I mean, you point out a good reason why, but why it's been so hard to update it and not just embarrass yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, don't what know. What was that last one, that I, Frankenstein? Yeah, there's another Are one coming out. serious? Coming out in November called Victor Frankenstein, right? With Daniel Radcliffe and that guy who looks like Riley. Um, <laughs> Who's, Riley's our son, by the way. Um, yeah, I just, it's, it's one of those where... You, Sorry, McAvoy. James McAvoy. Oh, James McAvoy. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe and James McAvoy. And uh, and uh, so Radcliffe plays Igor, who's the point of view character, and, yeah. and McAvoy plays Frankenstein, er, Doctor Frankenstein. And I thought for a long time that it was a comedy, but apparently it is not. I Frankenstein was a comedy, yeah, unintentionally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it makes you wonder. You go all the way back to 1931, and with all the the updates and all the advances in in technology or what have you, it still comes down to telling a story. Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. And that, you, they, there's, they haven't even come close. They haven't come close. They haven't. Uh, so, uh, that the original, yeah, you mentioned Boris Karloff and oh, perfect. Perfect. Just perfect. He's, yeah. Um, and that's from, uh, yeah, from all the way back, as I said, to, to uh, 1931. But uh, one that we were going to mention, a couple others we were going to mention uh, in this vein, a really weird one that took a weird turn from 2009, <laughs> and that's Splice. Took a couple of weird turns. It did. Sarah Polly and Adrian Brody, and I don't know if that one, was that a, was it a total bomb? I think it was. I think it was. It's another Canadian movie, actually, now that I think about it. A lot of the movies, for some reason, on this list are Canadian. I uh, remember when we watched it, and I, yeah. ke- and I it's kept... It's one of those, oh, you're going there. Exactly. As it kept getting closer, I'm thinking, are they going to go there? And they went there. <laughs> so it's almost like a, you know... Watching a, a an accident scene or something, you're like, "Am I going to keep watching this?" Okay, just for curiosity's sake, I'm going to watch it. But uh, it's it has that same god complex kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. You know, I thought it was decent. And you know, of all of the sort of clone type movies that are out there, I thought it was probably among the best. It was certainly the most, I think, horrific horror really. And I think that's partly due because uh, Vincenzo Natale, who directed, I also directed The Cube, which is one of the greatest yeah. Canadian horror movies that there are. Yeah. We gotta do a Canadian horror. Um, clear, clear, clearly I at this guess. point I realize we gotta yeah. do one on Canadian horror. Yeah. America's hat. Um, <laughs> uh, and then also from 2002, uh, Old Lucky McKee with, with May. I know oh, we like that's, that. Yeah, that's, you know, and that's got definitely a Frankenstein kind of a feel about it yeah. where, you know, she's, she's trying to make herself a friend with the body parts of other people. Um, and, but it's such a wonderful movie. I love May so much. I love Angela Bettis' performance. Uh, I love all of the performances. And I love how how invested you are in this character before it just turns into a just bloodbath. Mm-hmm. And so you're still siding with her, regardless of the fact that she's the one with the saw and the small refrigerator. <laughs> and I get, we can, and we can talk about uh, Frankenstein without... 
at least a nod to Young Frankenstein. Yes, which is another great The one. Mel Brooks classic. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, at number one on our list, Frankenstein. And uh, well, you know what? As always, maybe we missed a couple. Maybe there was some. Maybe people want to give a lot of love to, uh, to the human centipede. Yeah. Uh, and if so... Please do. Uh, we, we love the conversation. Uh, Twitter is an easy way. That's uh, We're at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, and we're uh, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. We've got, uh, we've got the Columbus Horror Group, too, that gets a lot of action on Facebook, and also um, we both write for ScreenRelish.com. So lots of ways, and also through Golden Spiral Golden Media. Golden Spiral Media, the lovely people who host our podcast. Yes. And you can, you can leave us comments directly, directly there. Yeah, so uh, so please do that if we missed any or if you uh, disagree with any of these medical horrors. Um, and also keep those recommendations coming for uh, best horror sequels. And you can just use that hashtag on Twitter uh, because we've got some great uh, great comments already. Not quite as many as we had for the uh, most horrific scene. Yeah. That one got a whew, yeah, it did. That one got a, a real landslide. But uh, a lot of good ones. You've still got time because that's for, what, two it's weeks? two weeks that's off two because, weeks. of course, next week, again, Satan. Why? Shaitan That's Fright right. Club Live. So come out. So come out. We would love to see you again. That is uh, Wednesday night, uh, September the 9th, Gateway Film Center, right there on High Street in Columbus. Happy hour starts at 6.30 with the beers on tap, and then at 8 o'clock the movie, lots of prizes, T-shirts, Twizzlers, prize packs. You know you want them. <laughs> and, uh, and hopefully I can grab some concert tickets too. So look forward to all of that. We look forward to uh, talking with you on Twitter and Facebook uh, and more. And until next time. I'm Hope Madden. And I am George Wolf. This is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. They call me-